Hello, everyone. Welcome to Emrata Asks. I was going to start off this episode by um, singing Britney Spears' Toxic, which is actually my favorite Britney Spears song. It's like, da na 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 I don't know if we have rights to that, but today we're talking about the culture of toxicity. Um, I read this really interesting article in The Atlantic that came out actually in August, and it's by Caitlin Tiffany, and it's called that's it, you're dead to me. And the line, the subline is, suddenly everyone is, quote, toxic. We hear, I think on the podcast, we've been talking a lot about therapy culture, self-help culture, and I loved reading this essay. I think it's so interesting, especially around the holidays when you're thinking about a new year starting and, you know, what kind of people you want to bring into your life in the next year and how to handle relationships and close relationships, but also like not close relationships. And we have reached a place in our culture where it's almost like you're like, you're, I don't owe you anything, right? It's kind of the attitude and you're toxic, period. You're toxic. I I don't have to engage with you. Um, And I really like how Caitlin Tiffany breaks down the culture of this and explains the phenomenon of it and um, really talks about kind of millennials and Gen Z and how we relate to this. And we're going to get into it because, yeah, I I don't know how I feel and I want to investigate. So let's go. Stay tuned for more High Low with Emrata. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome back to High Low with Emrata. So in this culture, there's a lot around boundaries. And I am somebody who's a big proponent of boundaries. I did not grow up with a ton of boundaries. I didn't really know about boundaries until I was an adult. And I started to realize, hey, you don't have to, you can tell people what you're okay with and what you're not okay with and set those limits to time spent, to emotional space, whatever. And it can be really healthy and actually good for both of you. So in this essay, um, she actually talks about Fierce Attachments, which is a book that I love. Vivian Gornick wrote it in 1987. It's a memoir, her mom, really about her mom and hers relationship. My mom had a copy when I was growing up, and then I reread it when I was writing the book just because I love her writing style and it all about New York and but really what's so interesting about it is the relationship she has with her mom and it's a book that was written before therapy culture and before like you're toxic or I need boundaries or whatever and she talks about Caitlin Tiffany talks about it in this piece she's like 
The story doesn't come to a dramatic end in which Gornick stops talking to her mother forever. Instead, just to give some context, they have this incredible, they live in this tiny tenement apartment in the Lower East Side. Her mom and her basically are woven together. Even as an adult woman, she gets divorced. Like her mom and her have this really amazing connection. Her mom's really cool and really strong and has like super progressive politics and it's just this incredible woman and it's about the community that they lived in in their building and how her mom like navigated all these other people in their building and young women and it's a really amazing book if you haven't read it but so she says instead Gornick painfully slowly gains a little freedom and this is a quote from fierce attachments we are no longer nose to nose she and i a degree of distance has been permanently achieved this little bit of space provides me with the intermittent but useful excitement that comes with believing i begin and end with myself right so th i don't think i have to talk about the culture of boundaries like you go on instagram you go on tiktok you go on Twitter, you go on Facebook, you go online in general, you'll see a million little memes and, you know, tweets and whatever about boundaries, about setting space, about toxic people, about abuse. And it's, it's a really, I think it's really, comf uh, it's really important. Um, a lot of the language that I've gotten from those the holistic psychologist is an Instagram I follow on Instagram. I think it's really cool. Um, and it's really helped me with my relationships and just having that space and all the things that are important to your happy, ultimately to your happiness. So Caitlin Tiffany talks about all the kind of like toxic com the conversation around toxic and how there's all these articles seven tips for eliminating toxic people from your life seven ways to cut out a toxic friend out of your life and then there are very she says she uses the word ruthless mantras and i think it's true there's no better self-care than cutting off people who are toxic for you if i cut you off chances are you handed me the scissors i don't know he needs to hear this kind of tweets we all know that stuff and i'm just gonna say again i'm gonna repeat myself I like this shit. I read it sometimes and I'm like, that's right. I don't owe anybody fucking anything and that person sucks and whatever. But I do think we have reached this kind of plateau where we just identify something as toxic, a behavior that someone has. They say something, they do something. And I'm not talking about repeated, you know, behaviors or abuse, but something where people are one time they like snap or whatever. And I think that what happens a lot of the times now because of this generation of people who really believe in boundaries and in kind of toxic and non-toxic people i mean if you guys have seen bodies 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 i love the language in that film and the way that those characters talk to each other it's like this hyper woke which by the way again i like this shit i just want to be clear like i'm not reading this article from a place of like oh the times the things today the way that we talk about people and again i just want to be clear it's almost how I felt about when I was talking about attachment theory. I like attachment theory. I also think that we have to be, we have to question all of the the culture that becomes so black and white and there's no nuance. And that's basically how I feel about this. And that's what I like about this article too. So she talks about Brene Brown. There's entire books obviously dedicated to getting rid of hashtag toxic people in your life. And listen, 
she makes a point. Relationship drama is good entertainment. And that's partly why they hit, right? Like they slap. And you see a TikTok that's about relationship drama. Or you see one of those quotes in your, in your feelings about something that's going on with a friend or a parent or a loved one. It can feel really good. You're like, fuck that person. This is right. It's actually pretty amazing. So there's... um. This psychologist, Joshua Coleman, said that there's an influx of parents who adult children have cut them out of their lives. Carl Pilmer, a professor at Cornell University, published a book on the topic in 2020 in which he estimated that about 67 million Americans were estranged from a family member. And listen, I personally think that's not a bad thing. I think that there's actually this uh, David Brooks who writes for The New York Times, you know, was talking about that the estrangement epidemic might be driven by a generational shift in what constitutes abuse, difficult or distant parents redefined as dangerous. And I think that it's true that the way we think about family now has shifted. There's this feeling that family is like this lifelong obligation. It's definitely how my parents were raised. It's not a question of whether family is safe or whatever. And even in my therapy, my therapist is very like, yeah, of course, family's family, but also that doesn't mean that you, your relationships don't need to be held to the same standard that other people do. And one of my best friends actually has um, a tough relationship with her mom and her therapist is sort of, she's been to multiple therapists in the course of her life. And her therapists are kind of always looking at her and being like, maybe you need to not have this person in your life because everything she, she you knows she was, I, I definitely think was my, you know, again, what you define abuse as is subjective, which is something that she gets into into this article. But by my definition of abuse, my friend's mom was that way to her. And she's had men, multiple therapists say to her, maybe you just need to not talk to your mom and cut her out. And she doesn't want to do that. And I honestly, even as a friend sometimes, I'm like, man, what does this person bring to your life? But ultimately, I think the pain that it would cause her to remove her mom from her life would be harder and worse for her. So she doesn't want to do that. But yeah, I think that basically this David Brooks says that young young people view the family as a quote launch pad for personal fulfillment now rather than this kind of family's family they're stuck with you they're your blood whatever i personally don't think that's necessarily a bad thing but it is true that the way we cut people out of our lives so quickly without having any accountability um, for our own behavior scares me. And I think both of those things can be true. I think that there can be a need for boundaries and for recognizing toxic behavior and for abuse. And then I also think that there's moments where we need to say like, okay, this person did do something that could be categorized as toxic as completely inappropriate, but that does that is not the sum total of who they are or what this relationship is. Although I will say that I think it's quite helpful identifying abuse and abusive behaviors in past relationships and in your family because it often helps you heal from them. And I think that's where this all stems from, which is not something she really talks about in this article, but it's how I feel, which is being able to realize, for example, this is something I write about in my book, that my high school boyfriend, that what happened to me was sexual assault and not just some a 15-year-old like being kind of 
you know, inappropriate or not knowing how to handle sex, being able to have the language around that and identifying that helped me heal from it in a way that has allowed me to have healthier relationships with men and conversations around sex and even, you know, share my story with people, I think in a very positive way for my life. It felt like a lightness came into my life with something that I had a lot of shame around. So I have to say, like, I think that's the origin of recognizing these behaviors and naming them for what they are. What you decide to do with name after you identify abuse and you know toxicity and all those things is another thing stay tuned for more high low with emrata this episode is brought to you by shopify Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. You may have heard of the podcast Juicy Scoop. Wondered what it is? Why aren't you listening? Well, I'm its host. Created it, been doing it for seven years. I'm Heather McDonald of Juicy Scoop with Heather McDonald. Now, I could tell you why you should be listening to my show, but my listeners wanted to write the ad for me, and here are some of the things they said. Not your regular Juicy podcast. Catch up on all the juicy topics from Hollywood and pop culture to true crime and beyond. Heather McDonald's Juicy Scoop always has great guests, great laughs, and great gossip. It's a comedian's take on the hottest headlines. Juicy Scoop is the pop culture news you want to hear. No BS, no filter, no filler. Raw, real, and in the moment. Throw in the hilarity of amazing comedians that you'll instantly be obsessed with. A juicy crime story and a dash of normal life in L.A. moments. And you've got yourself an amazing week of Juicy Scoop. Two episodes every week, every Tuesday and Thursday. It will never let you down. Welcome back to High Low with Emrata. There are a couple um, examples of where people do really get extreme. There's this influencer. This was in in 2021. She posted a tweet that ended up getting shared more than 50,000 times. And she wrote, here's your reminder that unless someone explicitly told you with their words that they are upset with you, there's no need for you to worry yourself sick. You have no mental or emotional obligation to people who do not communicate with you, no matter how much you love them. Okay. So in this case, I think this writer's, I mean, she says pretty intense. I understand what she's saying. Some part of me is like, it's true. If somebody isn't communicating to you how they feel, then you don't need to be like being hypervigilant, picking up on their clues and doing all this emotional work for them. They need to come to you and name their feelings. I feel that way. That being said, I don't think you don't have a mental or emotional obligation to be people who do not communicate with you if you really love them. I do think we have to move towards people sometimes in moments like that, especially if you love them. 
not everyone is enlightened king or queen sitting on a mountaintop. And anyone who says that they are is lying. I feel like I'm gotten to a place in my life where I'm quite communicative and catch myself before I act out my emotions and I have boundaries around my behavior and I process things and whatever else. That doesn't mean that sometimes I don't do things where later I'm like, huh, I don't know if I handled that the best way possible or I should have communicated this thing earlier or blah, blah, blah. And I think this culture has helped me get to a place where I'm way more conscious of those things. That being said, we do have some obligation to the people we love. We do. And sometimes that's with real honesty. And I would say in this case, you know, this tweet is saying the person who's hurt or upset has an obligation to you to share their upset. But I also think if you know someone is in so much pain, it's not a bad thing to say to them, hey, it seems like you're in a lot of pain or you are upset with me. Are you ready to talk about that? Because if you're not, I'm not enjoying being around you and it's really stressing me out. So I do think this sort of just cut people out of your life thing is, it's too easy. It's too convenient. It's to me another out. And I don't know. I know that not everybody agrees with that. This is what she says about that tweet. The beauty of a tweet is it's simplicity. You can hear a gavel bang at the end of each sentence, but that just doesn't correspond to the messiness of life. What mistakes can we make and still ask for forgiveness? What do we owe one another? What do we owe ourselves? You can discuss these questions forever. And I think that that is kind of at the root of all of this. I think the internet has basically breeded this kind of quick, memeable, very digestible sentences. What I, what I read and save and like all the time on my various platforms and channels. And I think we have to be a little bit cognizant that it, just because something is a really good tweet and sounds good and makes us feel some type of way, like we feel that gavel bang, I don't think that means that it's always that simple. And I talk about this sometimes when I'm talking about the book and just thinking about nuance. Nuance is really hard to capture on the internet. That's why I like TikTok more than other platforms. You can make a three minute video, which at least gives you a little bit more of a shot of having a nuanced take. That being said, three minutes isn't that nuanced. That's why I like writing so much is their, their nuance can be more easily captured. I honestly, it's kind of why I like podcasting so much too. I mean, I'm still getting used to podcasting, but I feel that way as well. And you know, I really wanna say something I think this article touches on, but I, I really firmly believe this. Millennials and Gen Z are doing a great job. <laughs> We're doing a much better job when I think about Sly and you know how I'm gonna raise him and the kind of level of self-awareness. It's certainly not gonna be perfect and there'll be a whole bunch of things that he'll be talking about like, oh yeah, I was raised in you know the 2020s when everyone was talking about X, Y, and Z and you know whatever, but the fact that we're even having these conversations around our behavior and emotional intelligence and accountability, that's just so amazing. It makes me feel really great about the potential of him having more fulfilling relationships and happiness in his life and in our in our dynamic as mother and son and as family. This is how she ends the piece in the Atlantic. And yet I don't feel hopeless. I have 
quote, no obligation, I'm told, but we all feel obligation or we wouldn't be looking so desperately for some relief from that sensation. Yes, retweet. I love that. Thank you, Caitlin Tiffany. She says, the very existence of the relationship advice ecosystem implies an attitude of responsibility and generosity toward our fellow travelers. I don't need, need in parentheses, I don't know who needs to hear this, but that attitude will remain, I think, long after the chilly tone of today's advice givers goes out of style. Listen, it's sort of what I was saying with the attachment theory episode. We look for quick, very black and white ways of distinguishing ourselves and our behavior, and that isn't good. Normally with Emirata Ass, I don't have as much of a firm stance. I'm kind of exploring something. Here, I think I I do. Um, so I'm curious to hear from you all about how you feel about it. Go to hilo.fm. Let's talk about toxic, the culture of toxicity, and the way that we have this kind of gavel-banging, you're-out-of-my-life feeling. I also know that in high schools and in middle schools, this has become really pervasive. And I'm curious if some of my younger listeners have experience with like high school drama or if you're a parent who, you know, has seen this behavior at school and, you know, with younger kids and what that's like to be essentially kind of canceled by your friends for being toxic when you're 15 and you're a kid and you're still figuring out who you are. So go to hilo.fm and submit your thoughts. We will have them on the subscription episode, Talk Back. Thanks so much for listening. Hilo with Emrata is a Sony Music Entertainment, Bitch Era Media, and Something Else production produced by Chelsea Jacobson. Our executive producers are me, Emily Radikowski, and Sarita Wesley. Our senior producer is Medina Parwana, and our associate producer is Rachel Choder. Today's episode was engineered by Samantha Gatsik with original music by The Crystal Pharaoh. Thanks for listening.